ever decide to start a drum solo choreography, hit the dance floor, start the music, then immediately freeze? With the music happening all over the place, where do you even begin? And when you have started dancing, how do you slow down when it feels like the music is pushing you to go fast? Victoria Teal is joining us in the 2021 Belly Dance Bundle to teach a drum solo choreography, so I've invited her here to the show to see what advice she has for those of us struggling with where to start and how to slow down when we approach our drum solos. Hello, dancers, and welcome to Y'all Rocks, the belly dance podcast that helps you design your personal practice. I'm your host, Tiffany, and with me today, we have Victoria Teal. Victoria, welcome back to the podcast. Hello, how are you doing today? I am fantastic because I get to talk to you, which is always oh. one of my favorite things to do. You're too sweet. I'm so happy to be back here and to get into all the wonderful things I'm sure we'll talk about. Yes. So before we jump in, why don't you give us a short introduction for anybody who doesn't know you already, where are you located, what are you known for? You, you know how it goes. The intro. Yeah, <laughs> the intro. So I'm Victoria Thiel. Um, I am an American girl obsessed with belly dance. Um, for many, many years, I've been studying and teaching. Right now, I'm, I'm based in the U.S. in North Carolina, and um, I teach online. I travel all over, and personally, I'm obsessed with uh, fans, fluidity, and uh, the technique in drama um, that comes with showpieces and drum solos. Mm, yes, and we're going to jump into that drum solo bit today. So for the 2021 bundle, you are teaching a drum solo choreography. So I really want to dive into drum solos because as you and I were saying here before the podcast, a lot of times we learn things about drum solos, but we learn them by taking a bunch of choreographies and not necessarily sitting down to talk about drum solos. So I want to do a little bit of the talking piece here to kind of dive into the, the goodness that exists within drum solos. And usually I would start this conversation by being like, what is a drum solo and what, how can you tell it's a drum solo? Those are usually like my music questions, but I think people can probably tell when it's a drum solo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I thought instead I'd start in like inside of a drum solo. Do you find that there are like key sections of drum solos? Are there typical patterns that happen within these songs that we can kind of utilize and, and, build our choreographies around? Yes, I definitely think that there are some like key structural elements in almost every drum solo. Now, it does depend on the artist, um, the musician, it does depend on if you edit it, all of those types of things. Um, and also sometimes drum solos are improvisation, sometimes they're more, um, I would say like musical compositions. Um, so all of that can kind of vary, but generally I tend to find you have the intro, um, just like you would have with other musical pieces, um, where it's not exactly going crazy immediately. It's warming up everybody to what's about to happen. Mm -hmm. um, then I would say you tend to find kind of what, I, this is just what I call these things. Um, they're not formal terms, but I would say like a medium level technical section, I would say. So it's not like the maximum um, buildup, but it's more than the intro, you know, where mm -hmm. you would have more locks and things like that. Um, at some point, maybe later, you have um, potentially, not every drum solo has this, especially with edits, but um, 
where it gets into like a highly technical bit, but it could be slow. It's like kind of a dropout um, where mm. the beats are super isolated. There's pauses in between. It's not necessarily very, very intense. Um, this could also be where there's, um, you know, you've seen a dancer heard where they'll shimmy almost in a calm manner, even though we know it's not really calm <laughs> in a calm <laughs> manner <laughs> and it builds and it builds and it builds. So this would be um, either with, um, it could be with pure accents or with a more rolling rhythm, like a sh where you would be inclined to shimmy, but it would be sl slower potentially and build, build, build. Mm -hmm. And then usually you also have at some other point, you'll have more medium technical areas, but for sure the ending tends to be this big kind of crescendo and dramatic, you know, time frame. So that's what I tend to see regardless of who the musician is, how the edit is, stuff like that are those uh, chunks. All of those pieces exist in a, in a general drum solo. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Uh, so then what, in your opinion, makes a good drum solo piece? Like how do we use all of these different elements of the music, all these different crescendos and slow pieces to kind of build something amazing? Because drum solos can be amazing, like, and they can also be like, oh my God, what's happening? Like, especially yeah. for the person, right, who's doing it, you're just like, oh no, yeah. so much is happening here. So how do we kind of translate all of these pieces into goodness with within us? Because I know like, a lot of people get paralyzed when they start looking at drum solos and how to, how to make it work. Mm -hmm. How to, to, yeah, exactly. I know that feeling. Um, so for me, something that I think really helped me develop uh, with drum solos personally was I was very, very, very fortunate to work with um, Isam Hushan uh, when I was part of Billion Up Superstars. And we'd have a couple of times where he would play drum and I would be the soloist. And so he would work with us outside of the shows, of course, you mm -hmm. know, to train and practice and talk. And he, his perspective on belly dance drum solos, even for the dancer, even though he's a musician, was very eye-opening for me. And I think it changed it. For me, I always, and I still to this day, love really dynamic and crazy things and all the movements at one time and kind of showing your technical capacity. But when I first started working with him, he told me a drum solo should be simple from the dancer's perspective. Like it, you don't want to overcomplicate. Um, you don't want it to be too much. You want people to watch you and feel like they can do that. Um, and I was like, what? What do you mean? <laughs> you know, <laughs> drum solos are like the crazy thing. You know? <laughs> and so it was very uh, like backwards to my original thinking. And so as I was working with him more and, and trying to incorporate this myself, then I started to think about, okay, how would that look like? And how would I balance my, my voice with drum solos with also um, opinions of people who are extremely versed in this genre, of course. Mm -hmm. So um, what I found that I think can make a really nice drum solo is taking the blend of these two things, having areas of simplicity and having areas of um, technic technicality and complexity in it. But it's where you choose to do it that your audience will respond better to. And it's more readable, let's say, to the audience. So you could make everything technical and you could make every part uh, simple. But if you take, like, if you think about what I like to think about is um, the, like the chorus of a pop song, you know, how like mm -hmm. you kind of get into it and it, it repeats, repeats, repeats. These types of sounds exist in drum solos. 
So when you kind of hear like kind of the groovy parts, you know, like the parts mm-hmm. where you can really roll into, that's not necessarily the time to do the most technical thing because your audience, when they hear that, they're also going to feel that really like groovy thing. And so then that's a better time to be simple and slowly build, 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 build. So that is going to make it more readable. And I think you'll also be, the audience will react better and you'll be into it and they'll be into it. Then in these other areas that I was saying where um, it's like a hundred beats at one time and the music's really, you know, big and large, then you need to be big and large. And that's your opportunity to be more technically um, like higher with it, let's say more layers, more shimmies, bigger shimmies, things like that. Um, It's the same thing too, for instance, like the intro is not a good, that's another balance. Like that tends to be a better time to be simple because I say with even any choreo, the intro is kind of like the first date that like you don't want to give it all away <laughs> <you know? laughs> because then what's next, you know, <laughs> what comes, you know, three minutes in. So that's a great time to have that simplicity, you know, that, that he was talking about with me. Um, and then that medium technical increase with that, and then kind of have this ebb and flow of simplicity or, and that can be in terms of repetition that can be turned in terms of actual movement, like just a real nice hip drop on a beat, you know, Mm -hmm. can look so much more satisfying sometimes than three layered moves you know um and so just balancing those two i think really engages your audience it engages you it also gives you a little bit of uh calm right (laughs) you know here and there uh, which is nice so i think if you go and you watch dancers with drum solos um and you're watching things online look to see like where they're using simplicity and when they're using complexity and how there's a give and take. And I think that that for me is really what makes a drum solo very nice and special. It gives it a lot of texture, right? Cause mm-hmm. it's, you're, you're moving back and forth between those things and you're playing with the music. Right. And I think it's interesting that you came to this aha moment. I don't know what else to call it. Right. Mm-hmm. With a drummer, because I imagine that as like in a live drumming performance, right? When you have a live drummer, it's so much different than us dancing to canned music because he's watching you and developing the music based on what you're doing. So if you're going bananas and doing all of the technical things, like that's harder to translate back into the music. So I can see where that simplicity really works in that dynamic. Whereas with Mm -hmm. canned music, because we know it beat for beat, we can add in, all of that technicality and and put all of those layers on it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly with that. So I I think that's a balance. Like you said, texture um, really gives, I think, a nice beauty to drum solos. So this is something that like dancers struggle with, right? You, you hear a drum solo, you want to do all of the things you're going fast. You feel like you have to hit every beat and clearly, right. We want to, we want to have that texture. We want to pull it back. We want to be simple. We know that but our brains don't agree with us. Our <laughs> brains are like, no, go, 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 go. It's time. It's time. It's time. So what, what advice would you have for people who are trying to pull it back, who, who do want it to be a little more simple? They're trying to simplify it, but they just, they're having a hard time getting to that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So definitely, I think at work with recorded music first, because then you can, um, it's, it's a whole different game once you start working with live music and yeah. then drummers and this. So even if you perform, let's say with live music, 
practice in your home with recorded music this the skill because it will translate slowly but surely so when you have the recorded music i would challenge you to say okay i'm going to make a choreography or even if it's just for like one minute or two minutes of a drum solo you like and before you even start saying i'm going to do this move this move this move i would listen to the music and decide what are the sections and pre-decide where you think would be good to be simple and where it's good to be complex let's say so it's already kind of outlined and then challenge yourself to go make the choreography following that outline of course there'll be some small adjustments but um that way then it's not that you get up like i don't know this was always how i choreograph especially when i started <laughs> so maybe it's natural i don't know <laughs> but i would just like okay i need a choreograph today so i would turn on the music and say well i guess i need to start on the first you know 15 30 seconds right mm -hmm. because it's the beginning and then you just kind of work on it and then you just kind of keep working on it slowly but you know down the road the thing is that that could work but then there's not like a outline there's not a not not, necess not necessarily a flow especially if you're developing the choreography skill or you know that you tend to put way too much you know all mm -hmm. the time in it so if you just predefine that before you even allow yourself to get up and move then you could say okay this is my simple section let me challenge myself to see like it's not necessarily how little you can do but don't be afraid like i said like just a look at your audience on an accent just a hair flip just a hip drop just some steps um and work more on connecting with your audience and kind of being with them and not kind of the acting side of it but you know what i mean like this you know you're with people versus okay now i need to layer 20 things and that will give you a good challenge um to work with simplicity and then the complexity and then film yourself and see okay i like this or no that seems too simple well maybe it's too simple because you're not moving your arms you could just move your arms a little bit and now it looks really beautiful with lines like it doesn't mean you have to then layer 200 things because it's boring you know mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just little small things like that um and so i think that's the best way it's kind of like a small guided application um, to get you used to simplicity here and there it's like starting with a base and then building on the base as opposed to starting with the castle and having to like take down the turrets. Exactly. Yeah, because that's <laughs> difficult. Like once my brain gets on these layers and stuff, it can't leave it, you know? It's like, no, I have to do all these things. No, no, no. Yeah, exactly. Work from the ground up. <laughs> and I guess that skill probably translates really well into like if you have recorded piece, but then you're improving to it, say in a restaurant or at a, at a Hoffler or wherever, Right. If you've if you've practiced, I'm going to be like, I'm going to be simple in this part. This is the entrance part. I'm going to take it a little slower. That skill, I, I'm sure, would then transfer into the improv as well so that you can start to slow down in that like high pressure situation of like, I have to do things. The music is going. Exactly. It does. It does transfer slowly. You'll see that that progression a little more slow than obviously making a set choreography, you know, in your space. But it's like, I don't know if anybody here, like I will take classes, dance classes. I won't even like think about the movements in my personal practice or anything like that. But as I keep doing that, maybe two months down the road, I'll be improvising and something came out from that class. But I wasn't intentionally mm -hmm. like trying to put it in there. That's exactly what will happen with this is that like eventually then if you keep working on it, even if it's improv and you don't know the music and this scenario is a little crazy, like you said, with people and all of these stuff, 
it will translate and you'll slowly start to find kind of your voice when it's in this kind of slowed down section and then your voice when it's in a more complex section. What do you think a voice like your own personal style, what does that come out as in a drum solo? Cause with a lot of other music, there's a lot of, you know, there's the melody line and, and you can, you can be more, I don't know what the word is expressive. You can be more expressive in a lot of other music. Whereas with drum solos, that, that part doesn't exist as heavily. So how mm-hmm. do you, how do you find a voice or a personal style within something like a drum solo? What does that look like? Do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a difficult one. (laughs) It is. Um, Time will help with that for sure. But I I would suggest to dancers, look, if you're not sure, like you feel like your drum solos are just kind of existing, let's Mm -hmm. say. It doesn't read as you. Think about moves that you really love or combinations or, or styles or anything that you do in every other type of piece and think about how you can incorporate those moves into drum solo. Because what does tend to happen with drum solos is we go shimmy, you know, or accents. But things that we forget about are turns. Like I said, hair stuff, a little shoulder accent flirt, some kind of even undulations done um, as kind of accents or in that rolling kind of area where you'd want to shimmy. Like you can interpret the music uh, in so many ways, actually, even though it's like one instrument most of the Mm -hmm. time. so I would suggest try to, to analyze your dance outside of drum solos and see what about it you notice kind of makes it you and then challenge yourself to, again, take a drum solo and say, okay, in this section, I'm going to try to put this sequence in there. You know, like a, a good example for myself is that um, I personally really like doing umis and doing them fast and layered and all kinds of crazy stuff. And that does work into drum solos, but in areas where other dancers would probably shimmy layer, I started trying to say, how can I bring that umi stuff that I do in these more melodic pieces into the drum solo? Um, And then that allowed me to kind of interpret it. It was bringing more of myself into that piece, basically. Mm -hmm. And so I would suggest that for other people as well. That's fantastic. That's a great great piece of advice because we do forget that those things that we do in other dances, we can figure out a way to pull them into a drum solo. But in our, I think in a lot of dancers' minds, like they're attached to different kinds of music. So they don't mm-hmm. translate. So the challenge is, is in the translation. How do you translate yourself into a drum solo? I like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what are some skills then that when you're working with dancers, when you're teaching drum solos, that you like dancers to work on because it kind of applies across the board. Like this will help with your drum solos if you work on blank. Mm-hmm. On blank, okay, yes. The thing you'd so, have people go home now and try and work on yeah, in their I'll practice space. <laughs> now, okay, I would want them, okay, yeah, this is a good one. So, well, for me, this is a good one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if you like it. So, um, it was another thing, again, from Isam. He really had a major impact on my brain with drum solos. So I remember, again, in, in one time, he got up and he's, he's like, listen to this doom versus this doom. And then he got up and he started trying to, like, imitate what a dancer would do, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he was showing these moves, and I love this so much. And he's like, look, if you really listen, if you really, really listen, each accent 
sounds completely different, even if it's still dooms or still texts or still these, you know, bases that we know. And so what I would, I try to challenge dancers to do as well is then I started taking, like listening to different drum solos and I said, okay, here's this phrase. Okay, here, this doom is really heavy. This one's kind of medium. This one's, this is like more like there's like kind of a choking one on a tech where it kind of gets like stifled, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I would try to do movement. Think of every movement that I could do that I like that could fit that sound. And it really teaches your body to, I think with drum solos, things get very, can easily get very like cut and dry, you know, of like, here's a doom, we, we're heavy, here's a tech, we're light, you know, here's a shimmy, here's the, you know, like yeah. this is how we're taught in the beginning, you know, it you is. but once you start really listening to the, the, each doom and each tech and exactly how it starts, how it finishes, even though it happens so fast, you know, then say, okay, what, what can my body do that really um, goes with that type of doom or that type of thing? Then your body starts and then practice it, basically. Get up and have a little mini combo with the drum solo you like. Then what happens, not only your ear gets more attuned to the musicality, but your body does too. So when you go to execute your drum solo, no matter if you're shimmying, no matter if you're layering, no matter, you know, no matter the technical side of it, you are really with the music. And this will change a dancer's like, capacity, no matter if they're a beginner or professional. And no matter what type of move they're doing, if they're really accentuating the sound with whatever the movement is, oh my God, it's like, it's, it changes completely. It changes the, the, everything. It changes everything. And so I think this is something that's missed, but so important no matter what level you are. Um, so it would be my like top one thing for people to do is this kind of practice. Start listening to the the actual sounds and not just assigning them into the the rules categories. It does doom. I do this. It does yeah, tech. Yeah, exactly. I do this. <laughs> exactly. There's so many kinds. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And finding the moves that work with your body and those sounds. So they really read. Fantastic. Victoria, do you have anything else you'd like to share with us about drum solos? Any other nuggets of wisdom you got during your time in the belly dance superstars that you can think of? Oh man, I would just say. It's not about, and this kind of goes also with like competition pieces. If anyone's done a competition before, we feel like we got to do everything, you know, <laughs> it's really not about that. So um, it's really more about, I think it's more about hitting the music and how the doom sounds differently from this doom and really enjoying yourself and kind of being in that. So whatever that choreography looks like for you, do that. Don't be afraid that, oh, well, people love, you know, when a dancer has all these layers and they're, whoa, it's crazy. It, it's not about like, it doesn't mean that if you have that in the piece, your drum solo is beautiful and amazing, you know? Mm -hmm. It's really find what movements you like for you, um, what kind of attitude you like for you in the pieces and slowly build up your technical capacity. It doesn't need to be at 110% for your drum solo to be uh, very beautiful basically. So just keep that in mind. Cause I think we tend to, you know, think we need to put everything all the time and everything. And it's not true <laughs> at all. Some of our favorite dancers, right. They don't, they don't do that many moves yeah, and we watch exactly. them and it's, it's gorgeous and beautiful. So why should drum solos be any different? Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Victoria, tell people where can they find you online? How can they follow you on social? What are, what have you got coming 
down the pipeline tell tell people how to how to be part of the world of victoria online oh the world (laughs) um, they they can find me on instagram as victoria teal and i'm also have a tiktok if there's any beginners listening there i have a lot of um mini tutorials there so you can find me there just victoria teal pretty easy to find hopefully and then i have an online studio which is at studio.victoriateal.com and there we are really getting into having more um, live Zoom group sessions that also offer a recording option. Um, but there we're focusing on certain topics. So um, for example, in the bundle, we'll have the drum solo mm-hmm. choreography. And then right now I have um, some teal fan focused stuff as well as some lyrical choreography um, coming up. And what I'm really excited about that is I try not to have it just be about the live session. And this will be the same for the bundle as well. Uh, drum solo. I try to really provide as much like study material afterwards. That's helpful for people. So explanations, walking through, um, if there's translations to songs, things like that, um, and other study materials. So you can really feel as close to being in that in-person, uh, class, as possible with the, with everything. So fantastic. Um, yeah, I have all that coming up and you can find that information on my socials and also on uh, my website. Fantastic. We'll link everything there in the show notes, everyone. So if you're driving or unable to pop on your phone right away, you can check that out later on the show notes page. And Victoria, we have one last question for you before I let you go. We are trying to bring some positivity to the last 18 months of this pandemic. What would you say has been your most positive dance experience throughout the last 18 months? Ooh. <laughs> uh, oh, you always get me on these questions. <laughs> I can never answer them quickly. <laughs> I'm like, oh, there's too many. I would say that really, really and truly um, before everything, I wanted to study with all these people and take all these classes and do all these things. And um, it just wasn't an option. And while uh, right now online is like a love hate relationship, um, I think it's so amazing that for for myself as a student and also um, other dancers that people, you really can almost study with anybody you want now. Mm-hmm. you know, from the comfort of your home. And this, if we remember, if we think back to before 18 months, this wasn't the case at all, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a lot of people that um, they can't travel or they don't have that situation where they can, you know, go to a festival or anything like that um, due to circumstances. And so I think it's really beautiful that we can have a more, um, it's, it's kind of like, you know, that the information exchange is even wider now but with dance. And I think that that's really going to bring um, out a lot of amazing dancers, amazing styles, education, all of that stuff from having these um, online, more online uh, options for teachers. And I think you've seen that too, even with the bundle is now there's so many people that can offer something online and help share. So I would say that I, I personally, I love that I can log on and take with this teacher or that teacher or this teacher um, because it was something I really wanted before, but didn't have necessarily the uh, opportunity to. So um, yeah. I'm very, I'm very happy for that uh, with everything. Yeah, it's. I think it's forced a lot of people online who might not have otherwise done it. Because you know, you've been teaching online for years, and we've had the bundle. This is the fifth year of the bundle, so there's been people teaching online, but it was never the majority of teachers. You know, and it mm-hmm. was. 
like there's some teachers you just really want to study with. And you just knew like they weren't going to teach online because they were doing the festival circuit. They were doing other things. And so they Mm -hmm. didn't have that capacity, but now they've jumped on and they've like, they've enjoyed it. Like I've heard from so many teachers who have just started teaching online with the pandemic being like, Oh, I, I love being able to teach online. Like I'm not going to give this up once we go back, like Mm -hmm. they're going to do both. And like, I think having that little push to get online for a lot of people has provided right us as students so many more resources out in the world and that is that warms my heart <laughs> like i think it's going to really bring i think a lot of development you know to the art form um because as you know like usually when you're i grew up in a small town in texas and like i had one teacher you know and then i could travel a little bit for festivals but i could only so far just due to means you know and things like that but now if you think about people that are interested in dance and like us as students that um really amazing creativity and voices and development of art forms and passing education from you know uh, cultural situations stuff all of that's so much more now available so i think while it might feel a little suffocating right now it's actually going to be really really good you know a few years down because people are really developing because they have more access to information, basically. Awesome. Victoria, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge around drum solos here with us. And everyone who's listening, thank you for being here with us today. We will talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you. Bye. I love that moment when someone says something and the light bulb just goes off. I personally had a couple of those with this episode, and I hope you did too. This idea of mapping out the pace of a drum solo before you dive in, I can't wait to give that a try on my next choreography creation, and to try it in real time the next time I'm dancing at a restaurant. Slowing down can be so challenging when the music is moving a mile a minute, but with these tools, I think we can really shift the way that we approach our drum solos to give ourselves and our audience some time to breathe. Check out Victoria's website and her socials on the show notes page at thebellydancebundle.com slash 83. I can't wait to see you in our drum solo courses this year in the 2021 bundle. But until then, have some fun experimenting with these new tools. 